Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nitro All right, so this is episode 125, the first one of 2022. I'm Kyle yes. Versteg, and I'm here with my buddy James Noka. What say you? Hey, how you doing today? Good. What is what is the good word? How's the happy new year? Uh, you have a happy new year? Yeah, I stayed home. I went to bed at 8 with the dog. Family's up in Traverse ah. City, and we had a good old time just sleeping away, and nobody bothered me. You had a heart. You didn't play games. Uh, not on New Year's Eve. I I basically I, I played until like six, and then let's see. Oh, I made uh, beef stroganoff because um, Costco had a sale on tenderloins, so I bought a tenderloin, and I always use the trimmings to make uh, beef stroganoff. So I made myself some beef stroganoff, and then we called it an early night. Huh. So New Year's Eve, um, we went up to uh, we went out to eat, and uh, we were literally the only only people in the restaurant. And we decided, well, she, Kathy decided that she wanted to see uh, Boyne Mountain or in Boyne Highlands. They do a thing on New Year's Eve where they have all the ski patrol, which is like probably a fifty-five strong or something like that. They, they do a parade uh, on the mountain with uh, torches, and they use road flares, and they uh, start about a certain time, and they go up a chairlift, one person per chairlift, or oh, per, cool. per chair, with a flare, and then they get to the top, and they reconnoiter, and they come down the hill as a big snake. Oh, that's cool. They they go back and forth across side to side. It's it is it's very cool to see it done, but usually unless you're staying there, you never really get to sit in the right spot to see it very well. And uh, so we had never seen the one at Boyne Highlands. We had seen the one at Boyne Mountain several times, and uh, and then they and then they follow up that with a really great fireworks display. Nice. So. So we're, we're kind of dry. We're walking around, first off, which you walk around a, a ski resort with cowboy boots on and a suit. It's everybody treats you like you're trying to buy the place. <laughs> <laughs> so so we were, you know, wandering here, having a drink, wandering there, having a drink and kind of looking around for the best place to sit. And uh, there just wasn't, you know, there was no tables at the that were by windows and we weren't dressed for skiing so it wasn't like we were going to stand outside so we hop in the car and we drive around to this other side of the hill and there's this little bump out where where a bus stops and drops off skiers during the day yeah i know where that is and uh so we just kind of 
I backed up right there. And she was like, I don't know if this is a good spot. I said, I, I think, I bet you that's the hill they go on because it's the only one that's got a clear, I mean, it's a big, wide, long run. It's the one in the center there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we were right in front of it. And she's like, hey, I don't know, this is too good of a spot. I can't believe that this would be the spot. <laughs> and, lo, and lo and behold, we lucked out, and it was the spot. They were right in front of us the whole way down the hill. It was, it was pretty cool. Nice. So we got to see that, and then we saw the nice fireworks after that, and and we came home, and it was probably I don't know ten thirty. And usually New Year's Eve, we started a tradition a long time ago where we uh, basically go to bed like you say, like ten o'clock, nine o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock, something like that. We don't do much of anything on New Year's Eve, and. Uh, we watched, actually started watching that show that was done in Nashville, and uh, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. And and then we wandered off to bed about eleven thirty, and uh, that was it. Huh. Lights out. Woke up the next morning and uh, said Happy New Year. Made an epic breakfast, and uh, here we are. Nice. Yeah. We forgot to tell. We haven't done a um podcast since before thanksgiving so we have to tell them the results of the three turkey shootout oh so for people that don't know jim and i decided to try three different methods of doing a turkey one was in the moist roaster that he's got one was in the smoker and one was in the fryer and ladies and gentlemen drum roll please the winner was which one was smoker. the winner? Yeah, the by, by far. Um, and usually the, the usually the fryer turkey is pretty good, but uh, I like to check it every five minutes, and I got busy making the gravy, and I didn't check it for like 15, and it got overcooked, so it fucked it up. It was good. It was very good. It just it didn't. It uh, wasn't to the same level as the smoked. Right. The yeah. smoker was much, much, much better. Yeah, and I've been trying to tell people that for years that a smoked turkey is like to die for, but yeah, yeah. No, it was it was extremely good. It was very it was very moist. It was very, it just was good all around. It had a great flavor to it, and uh, yeah, so it was it was a wonderful thing. And and actually, you know what's interesting? I I've done it in the past, and I I liked it, and I hadn't done it a lot lately. But I actually, after Thanksgiving, I've been throwing steaks in there before I throw them on the grill. Okay. Um, and just put a, you know, I don't even get, I mean, I'm, you're smoking them more than you're cooking them because they're not in there that long. But they just develop a little bit of a smoke flavor to them. And then you toss them on the grill, boom, boom, done. And it's pretty good, pretty tasty. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um and we did get, uh, Kathy did get you a, a couple gravy boats for Christmas. We just haven't sent pictures of them to you yet. Yeah. <laughs> for next time. Because Kyle made this epic gravy, and we didn't have anything but fancy gravy boats, and everybody was afraid to use them. And, uh, and then we had uh, a big pitcher of gravy, and... Uh, Nobody knew what to do with it. It was it was kind of weird. Kinda yeah, kind of weird. But so we so we uh, 
broke loose and got some uh, stainless steel. They almost look like restaurant gravy bo- gravy boats, so everybody will get the idea. Yeah, that you can use them. Yeah, yeah. And then since then, you were you played at Frankenmuth. Yeah, yeah. I played a week's worth of uh, shows there. That was awful fun. Um, and uh, I just booked another four-day uh, tour in May, uh, Iowa and Wisconsin, and another one in June. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you are you gonna do the are you guys gonna do the surf ballroom this year? No, not this year. Uh, we didn't get get that arranged to you this year. But one of these years, yeah, just, just depends. I've played there twice now. Yeah, yeah. So you know that that in Green Bay, there's a there's another ballroom that's still in existence. That was the they played the night before they played the surf. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, and it it looks just like it did in nineteen whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so. That's cool. Well, I have a, a pretty. Cool, I have That'd be a, a pretty cool place to play. I have an update from our man in the field. Oh, how's he been? Good. Uh, he's retired. What? <laughs> yeah, so he used to farm six farms, and now he only farms two, and he considers that retirement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, but that's what it means to retire as a farmer, is you only farm so, two farms. <laughs> so he's... He's my age, right? Yeah, about your age. I, well, yeah. he's sixty-five exactly. A couple years older. Yeah. Um, years older. Let's see what else. Oh, have you have you priced beef lately? Oh, dude. My God. Don't get me going. Have you priced anything lately? Well, beef is beef dude, is really bad. Box, you can you can buy a box. A, we were at a at the store this morning. A box of cereal. A box of life cereal, six dollars forty nine cents. Yeah, that's three times that's what it like used to be. That's got like eight cents worth of eight cents worth of flour in it. <laughs> you know, I can't. I'm I'm just beside myself uh, with that. Yeah, beef is crazy. Um, Although I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what to think. You so know, I the, have the, I have two in, interesting observations about beef. Okay, the first is is that I was planning to do a uh, ham for uh, Christmas but Meyer in the end caps a lot of times they'll put stuff out at cost mm-hmm. and I bought a four bone bone in prime rib roast uh, oh, yeah. for forty dollars Ooh, that's a good price yeah I know ah. and so I bought I actually bought two of them <laughs> And I made one for us to eat and one for uh, deli meat because there is no better deli meat than that. Right, right. Uh, and then uh, the other observation, you're going you're gonna to find this one funny because you're old enough to remember this. You remember when your mom used to make uh, the Sunday roast? Oh, yeah. And it'd, be, it'd have like carrots and potatoes and onions yep. and shit in there yep, and yep, like yep. a gravy and stuff. Dude, then, I still do that. Well, okay, but <laughs> there there is something that you haven't done, and What's I that? guarantee you you haven't done it. You okay. have not had one of those roasts that has the round bone in it. You're right. And it's been right. it's been it's been at least 20 years since I've seen that. And I was yeah. asking my brother-in-law, he works at a 
uh, rendering, or he works at a, he runs a HVAC for a huge um, hog hog slaughtering plant and stuff mm -hmm. in Iowa. And uh, it's because all of that stuff is goes over to the rendering plant and is turned into like bone meal. They can right. make way more money selling you boneless meat and send all of the trimmings and bones and shit over to rendering. Right. Because those rendering plants make a mint. So I'm going to tell you a little secret. What's that? That's why we have mad cow disease. Oh. Because that bone meal is fed back to cows. <laughs> yeah. As a, as a calcium source. And they're, the, big, uh, the big revelation was, after all these years of doing that, I mean, it's been, they've been doing it for 30, 40 years now. Yeah. And uh, that has basically brought us uh, uh, mad cow disease or chronic wasting disease or whatever you want to call it. Um, somehow or another, that's all related to cows eating cows. Yeah. You know, using that as a source of protein for for cattle, for feed. Yeah, well, and, you know, it's just, I don't know, but th there goes, like, a lot of the flavor in that meat. A lot of mm -hmm. that comes from the bone, which is why my favorite cuts of uh, meat now are bone-in ribeyes or actually right. one I prefer even more is a T-bone. Right. So it's kind of fascinating because I think, now, you got to remember, I was farming when this whole mess started. I started farming right when all of this crap, they started closing down small family farms and big corporate farms started taking over. Right. And that was when all of this shit happened with uh, feeding cows, cow, you know, bone meal and and uh, having all of these supplements that were made from cattle byproducts. All of that stuff started in the late 70s, early 80s. Hmm. The latest technology. They were closed, basically wanted to close down all the family farms and really get a handle on controlling food. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, I guess... I'm not trying to say there was a conspiracy to do this. It was but just a have, way to mechanize it and, and control costs, I think. Right, right. And and somehow or another, they wanted to assure that there would be a, a plentiful food supply. And in the process, like everything else that the government steps in and tries to fix, they fucked it up. Well, pretty much. Because they, or I shouldn't say fuck. Sorry, you can bleep that out. <laughs> I'm not bleeping it. <laughs> um, they pretty much screwed it up. Yeah. Because what 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 happens is when you have a, a a system that is functional and you try to control it in some way, either through incentives or disincentives, you usually get the opposite. You 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 get unintended consequences all the time. Yeah. And I think that that, that that the whole corporate farm thing was one of the unintended consequences of trying to control what we grow and how and keep the price of this and that up and you know everybody was always worried about people running out of food. And you know, and if you think back about that time frame, you're talking about the years of 
uh, uh, the Charlton Heston movie, Soylent Green. And, yeah, yeah. And the Omega Man and uh, Planet of the Apes and all of these other things that we're talking about our destruction, our complete and total annihilation. Well, apparently those people took that to be very factual and decided that, hey, we can't let that happen. So we're going to we're going to make sure we control the amount of food that these farmers are growing. And farmers being farmers, being the independent people that they are, said basically, you know, we'll do what we want to do. And the government did what they want to do. And basically guys threw up their hands and lost their ass. Yeah. You know, and the unintended consequences are that you end up with ginormous slaughtering plants, meat plants, ginormous uh, farms, milk places, you know, Farms that are milking three, four thousand cows, you know, instead of the the family farm that milked forty or eighty cows, and had a you know had a had a nice income, but not was not getting rich, but was paying their bills and was, you know, and it and it created a, a monster, a behemoth. Mm-hmm. Now, you can't eat hamburger. You can't eat raw hamburger because you don't know who washed their hands last time they. Well, and you don't meat. know what was on the surface of the meat once it got all ground together. Right. That's the main issue. But it, but it never, but it never was like that. Yeah. It it never used to be like that. Yeah. When you bought your when you bought your beef from the local butcher store, I mean, he brought the cow the ha- the side of beef in from the truck yeah. into his shop, you know. And believe me, if you got sick from the local butcher, that guy was not in business for very long. Yeah. It, it, it they just went away yeah you know, i mean they because they weren't going to sell any meat yeah the first the first time that somebody came it's like i got uh whatever i got i got from your from your meat and i'm sick now he'd be out of business because yeah. nobody would buy meat there anymore <laughs> that was the self-policing thing that that used to happen um it doesn't happen now because you i'll guarantee you when you get a positive e coli culture out of hamburger in where half the plant half the plant's output for a week is suspect how many pounds of that do you think they actually throw away oh, right you know well it goes to a, rendering so the other the other weird thing that happens is um, if the line stops for whatever reason the FDA inspector is going to leave when the FDA inspector is going to leave. So whatever is on the line or in the plant when the FDA inspector leaves has to go to rendering. So like you may have perfectly good meat, like whole pigs get put into this pipe thing and pushed over to rendering. So so people think about what that actually looks like. You're talking about an assembly line that looks like Ford Motor Company's assembly line. Yeah, like that. Does that seem a little bit unnatural? I mean, that literally feels... I mean, I remember when I was a little kid, I used to draw... I used to have... The processes used to used to fascinate me. And I can remember in third and fourth grade drawing these basically flow charts of different things. Yeah. You know, where you got a vat of this and it's got a pipe that goes to here and you got a mixing valve and you got this and that all coming together and then you have a, a little nozzle that squirts it out onto a freaking conveyor belt. Yeah. That's what your meat is being that's the way they're doing your meat nowadays. <laughs> you know. 
you got this going into you know you got this whole pink slime crap injecting beef with all kinds of crap yeah and and then at the end of it this little nozzle spits out your little steak it's soylent it's soylent green people <laughs> right soylent so, green so anyway hey, oh and by and by the way soylent green was set in the year 2022 nice 2022 that's this year okay so i have prepared. i have something for you <laughs> okay so you know like rocky that was, that was my that was my silly conspiracy rant <laughs> right so you know like rocky and bullwinkle oh yeah you know the one it was like a flying squirrel yep you want to know what just cost me like three thousand bucks a flying squirrel yes or a moose flying squirrel what did it do hit your car no um, I didn't even know this was a thing, but Hits like, no, <laughs> like flying squirrels are, are like real. Yes, they're real. Well, no, they're real in the United States. <laughs> well, yes, they're real. And they don't look well, like Rocky at all. They, they don't have little, they look like uh, they're visors. like halfway between a squirrel and a chipmunk. Right. Well, and they stretch and, out their, they stretch out their arms and legs and they got a big, they can, yeah, they skin. can, they can glide from tree to yep. tree. Well, at they any do rate, pretty well. They do pretty well. Yeah, I had no idea that they were even around. I thought they were like in South America or some shit. <laughs> but so anyway, my wife, uh, uh, I go to bed at like eight every night, and one time at like nine thirty, uh, she was watching TV and she heard like, uh, ah. in, in the wall, and she's like, "Oh shit, we got a squirrel or something in there, or a rat." And so she recorded it, and she sent it to the pest control people, right? And uh, so the pest control people came over, and they inspected our attic, and it was infested with flying squirrels. Awesome. And it, it just happened this fall. Uh, and so these little bastards and are I, really I, organized. I think, and I want to think they may be protected, aren't they? Well, you can, yeah, no? you can't – well – at any rate, that's why it's so expensive. You could so just expensive. go in there with a vacuum cleaner and vacuum them up. Well, no. My suggestion was I would just toss a snake up there and everything would yeah. be fine. But she wasn't having that. Um, <laughs> but so anyway, like these little bastards are like highly organized too. They form like little clans. They oh, yeah. set up like a commune in your attic. And they like dig a latrine and they will only poop in the latrine. Like they're oh, yeah. actually, and they don't like destroy shit up there. They just want to live up there. Right. Um, Except the latrine part because that soaks through the drywall. Right. And so you have to clean all that out. But um, when they build houses, a lot of times there's this thing that you're supposed to put on that they don't put on uh, because they don't think it's needed. Well, it turns out it's needed. So. <laughs> We had to get. You're talking about the. You're talking about the excluders on the end of the eaves. On the eaves. It's that, and there's like the some fence. great things that you're supposed to put on that they never put on because they don't think you need it. Well, um, so anyway, I had to pay for all that to get put on, and then uh, they wanted to put you because you can't like kill them because if you killed them up there, or put poison up there, it's probably against the law. But then. The other thing is they're going to be stinking up there. Right. So uh, you have to get them out of there. And so what they do is they put a little one-way trap out there, and they, they can only go out and not in. 
And the guy wanted to be like, well, you know, when you get one out there, give us a call and we'll come take it away. I'm like, fuck that. Just make it so he can't come back in, but he can jump his ass down. Like, I'm not hiring somebody to come up and get a, Clean out get a ladder on there. Just leave the fucking thing open. Like, and so he did. And we haven't heard any more of that nonsense. So I'm assuming they're gone, but it's like big bucks. So leave a cat up there. Well, that's the other thing I said. Well, what what if I got a cat and we let him up, let him go up there a couple hours a day? And she's like, "No, I'm allergic." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> so, but we we got rid of that problem. And usually, what happens is they go to the next door neighbor's house because, like, no uh, no no builders ever put the thing on that they're supposed to. So yeah, they'll 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 be waiting for the call. <laughs> the exterminators will be waiting for the call from the next door neighbor. Well, yeah, usually usually they let them loose next to the neighbor's house too. <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, at any rate, um, so that's a thing that I thought it was bullshit when he first said it, because it's like, yeah, I've seen them like on National Geographic and shit, but I didn't know yeah. they were in the United States. Yeah, they're very, they're very cool. I mean, they are very cool critters. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, a, they're, a, they have a neat adaptation, and uh, um, they're not, I don't think they're very good to eat because they're not very big. Be like, no, like yeah, they're, it's like a, it's like a chipmunk. It's like yeah. halfway between a chipmunk and a small yeah. squirrel. Yeah, um, and they and, and they can glide pretty far. Yeah, and he's like, know, well, and I think it's a kind of a combination of jumping and gliding and yeah, and, and they and they just land on a tree limb that has some spring to it, so it absorbs right. the shock right. or whatever. But yep. he's like, well, they won't be able to get down. I'm like, fuck them. They got up there. They can fly their what ass mean down. They can't get down. What is, I don't know. He just wanted he must, money. Yeah, he just wanted money. But how the hell would they not get in there? They jump. Yeah, they, it's they like glide to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's like he can jump his ass down, and maybe he won't go back up. Actually, you know the you know those guys that have those parasail suits. Yeah. Oh, the they, wing wing suits. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're based on. They all die. Like, they just get probed. <laughs> those guys die constantly. <laughs> I, there's videos on YouTube like so and so's last flight. <laughs> and he'll like crash and not, it's not funny but no but like it, it they all they all have like four gopro cameras on them so you get to see everything <laughs> and like they'll, <laughs> they'll like crash into a bridge and you'll hear them like uh, uh, <laughs> like that afterwards and they're they, and then they're done yeah it's like dude what the fuck were you thinking why it's right. just dumb death like, wish yeah it's stupid like Definitely. there's a lot of ways you can have fun and not kill yourself or not have a super high probability of it. But there was a big wave of that around like 2010 ish, and I think it's died out because all those people figured out how stupid it was. Yeah. Well, I guess if to to do that, you you really have to be like the you know doing like a, almost like a halo jump. Yeah. Where you're you're so high up that you you actually need oxygen to. To be able to glide down and, and use it as a flight, you know, where you're actually just basically falling gracefully. Yeah. A little more graceful than, you know, a static line jump. Yeah. It's, I don't know, I I wouldn't do it. No, they, they fly, like, low to the ground, like, through canyons and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, they yeah. just do stupid shit. Yeah. I tell you what's, uh, I don't know as I would ever try it but what looks interesting if i had the opportunity i probably would try it 
is windsurfing. Oh, or, yeah, or, on or, a board, or, windboarding. Yeah, yeah, they do it with a like a, a little, little parachute. Kite, kite, well, kiteboarding. Yeah, well, yeah. They yeah. have a kite that's up in the air a little bit. Well, it's like a little parachute that does yeah. it. Yeah, and that's they, that's not dangerous. Just put a really they, good life vest on. Well, unless you get picked up and get thrown like 100 feet in the air. 200 feet in the air yeah but you can you can you can cut the chute away or there's there's like a little lever they can pull to collapse the chute so they'll go back down guys were doing that in uh grand traverse bay oh yeah yeah all the time that that that, actually looks fun down by my my kid's house uh at in outer banks he they that's a big place for them to do that i guess yeah that's kind of neat it's so windy there all the time i do that yeah, yeah that would be fun. I, I mean, I think if that was around when I was a little bit younger, I mean, I might not be, I don't know, maybe I would do it now. Yeah. I'm not, as, not, as, not quite as agile as I used to be. All right. I have a knife in the news update. Are you ready? So, O.J. Simpson says his cats always ran to Betty White's house. There's your knife in the news. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, if you, so this is from the New York Post. If you didn't know, Betty White died. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, turns out that they, both O.J. Simpson her. and her, uh, w- they were friends together. And... Uh, she had uh, like catnip growing in her yard and they always used to go over there and like go over to her house and like raise hell um, but anyway <laughs> you know it's kind of funny because she um, she was quite attractive when she was a young lady yeah she was on I Love Lucy right oh, she was on a lot of stuff yeah well for sure that and then Golden Girls in like the 80s yeah, she had she had like her own show back when she was on uh, uh, Password, I guess. TV yeah, and show. She's done Password tons show. of cameos and stuff too. So. Right, right, exactly. She was funny, very funny, very funny lady. But she they she was like like two weeks short of her hundredth birthday. Yeah. And I guess they were going to do a uh, uh, big TV special. Right about yeah. her, and then they had it all set up, and then she died. Yep. It's she, had, too bad. she had gotten too excited and just basically said, "You know what? I'm too excited and can't handle this." Time. Yeah. Can't handle the stress and I'm done. All right. So, do you want to know what I did in December that I don't know if I told you or not? Well, back to the knife in the news thing. Yeah. In a second. Okay, um, okay. We were talking about a knife that was on Yellowstone. Yes. And uh I hunted quite a bit and I'm I Talked with the old producer, okay, from that from that show. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know what that knife is, and he gave me the number of the new guy to ask him. Yeah, and and he hasn't gotten back to me yet because I mean, obviously, it's a he he the new guy probably doesn't know who I am, and the, the 
But it was kind of funny because the old guy, the, the old producer, has a knife maker that is kind of on his kind of on his payroll. Nice. And um and he's used quite a few of his knives in different movies. It's and, probably uh, one so of his then. Well, it's not. I, oh. I I reached out to him too and he said, "No, he said that's not mine." He said, "I actually don't know who did that knife." So, it's it he was kind of thinking that it might it looks like kind of like a Chinese knife. It's not it <laughs> is absolutely not and it's not a boker. I mean, I've looked through all these different catalogs. This thing is high quality. Look at the pivot pin on it. Yeah. And it's I could, stag I could and see it it's beautiful. Close. Well, I sent here. I'll yeah. S- it's um, but, but no, but that that st- knife was beautiful. I'm still working on it, so I'll, all right, I'll, all right. I'll get it. I'll get that one figured out. Yeah. I got a I got a good one. I got a post on a on a website. I, Kathy found Kathy goes to this store, and every once in a while they'll get some collection of stuff. In and they don't know how to price it. They don't know how to, and she'll be looking through this through stuff online, and she'll go, "Hey, these guys got a bunch of case knives for like fifteen dollars." So we went in there the other day, and I got like a bunch of, I mean, I got a box of knives. I got an old Almar. Nice, yeah, the Almar Eagle. Is that what you're holding up? I no, I don't remember what the name. Hold is. it up this a is little like bit. Old, old one. Where's your? Oh no, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's not, it's an, not eagle. an eagle because it's got metal scales on it. Right. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a a liner lock, but it's got a bronze a brass or bronze liner lock. It's actually a pretty cool knife. Yeah. Ten bucks. Wow. I got two case knives. Nice. Like fifteen bucks a piece, little stockman. Yeah. And then I got this one, which is a Whittler. Nice. Stag Whittler. Yeah. For thirty dollars. That's pretty. And then I got this one, which is kind of like a lockback canoe. Oh yeah. And it's a it's a fighting rooster. Yeah, fighting roosters are awesome. That's like one of yep. my favorite uh, companies. Yep. And then I got this little uh, this little peanut. Nice, yeah. So, so it was like a really cool, uh, and I got them for really inexpensive. But the cool, but a cool one. I didn't know what it was. I knew it was something old, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Was this? Hold it up a little bit more. It's stag. Wow, that's got like a switchblade type lock on it, huh? Yeah, but it's not. It's a lockback. Okay. It's a. It's got one blade that's a lockback, one that's not. A double quillion guard on there. And then it's got this the corkscrew. Yeah. And these look like they're a can, like it's a can opener. A bottle opener. Or a bottle opener or something. And the blade is a lockback. Oh, that is cool. Isn't that a cool looking knife? Yeah, that's nice. And, I, and it's got no name on it. Yeah. All it's got on it is uh, Zoligan. Which oh, is Zollingen, Germ- yeah, yeah. So Germany. It's, yeah. But but no other name on it. Like it's a, maybe a military. I, it's kind of weird. It's it's pretty old because the stag is very, very, very aged. That looks like something that would be either a scout knife or a Right, or military. some kind of army knife. Yeah, yeah. like what yep. they'd carry in their pocket. Right, right, right. So, so I have, I w- so you remember on our last podcast, you talked about... Uh, she found you a case humpback in that store. Oh, that yeah. Well, that was it. 
Okay, so that's that's this knife. Yeah. Well, guess what uh, Gretchen bought me when she heard the podcast? One of those? A limited edition, uh, one out of 100 case humpback. <laughs> that was my birthday present. And then for Christmas, I brought bought my brother and I uh, matching um, uh, case mini stockman and red stag. Oh, uh, nice. The mini stockman's a great size. It disappears oh, yeah. in your pocket. That's a- Actually, that's what my dad carried for yeah, a long time. I like those. And then was a, was a mini stocking. And then I bought him uh, the John Dutton buck knife. Ah. It's <laughs> it's not the one ten. It's the variant that's a little smaller. Have you been watching the yeah the season five or four? Yeah, yeah. There's one one see one episode left. I think it's going to be pretty explosive. Did you did you start watching the 1883? Yeah. Well, I only have one episode. Because they give you one episode free, and I don't have Paramount Plus. I'm watching it on CM CMA Country Music C something or other. <laughs> CMT CMT Country Music something. I don't yeah. know. I, I rec- all I did was record it. I I don't want to plug the my provider, but I use a certain provider that has uh, it has it doesn't have Paramount Plus though. Mm. Which is kind of weird because I have Yellowstone. Yeah. And I have and I have 1883. Yeah. And it's it's recording them one by one, but I th- I don't know if it's the. I think it's on CM. It must be C- Country Music Channel. K- CMT is Country Music Television. That's what Dukes of Hazard was always on, in the 90s. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think. That's what's recording the 1883. Which is actually a pretty interesting show. I mean, surprisingly fascinating show. Yeah, I hope um, I hope Dutton offs that dude. I think he will. He needs to so, because that guy had all of them. He tried to kill all of them. You, it, right. I mean, you can't let that go on. Uh-uh. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Jamie has let that go on. Well, he's a cuck. Um, and he he needs to have some serious serious consequences and that little uh campaign manager of his needs a quick spanking <laughs> for encouraging all of that you know you know what's what's kind of what's kind of funny and i don't know i mean it's it's pretty wild because it's apparently what kind of happened out there in jackson hole and yeah on a couple of different ranches around um I kind of got a, I kind of got a kick out of that, uh, and I, and I do. I mean, my mom is like the biggest Western movie fanatic there is. I mean, literally, <laughs> I she can tell you every episode of Gunsmoke. Jeez. Every, I mean, I mean it's it's you know Wagon Train and all of those shows that are. Um, me, I was kind of a have gun will travel guy. Yeah. Or. Uh, or um, that was Paladin, by the way, if you didn't know. Yeah. So, so what's kind of what's kind of interesting right now? I don't know what's going on, but if you go on YouTube and you type in Western movies, oh, they're all you over. To, you ought to see the number of Western movies that are up on yeah on uh, on YouTube yeah. right now. Yeah, and you can watch them with ads. I I sit for, there and watch them. Yeah, for free. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, with ads. There's I mean, tons have, of John Wayne movies up on there. I watched um, Kathy and I last uh, a couple weeks ago. I guess it was one some Saturday evening. We watched Hang 'Em High. 
Yeah, yeah. With Clint Eastwood, and you know, there's I've I've seen Broken Arrow on there. I've seen uh, which, if you haven't seen, if I don't know how what our demographics are anymore, but I'm guessing that's probably a fair number of young people. If you have not ever seen these movies, they're well worth watching. Um, you know, the action isn't you know. I guess it's you, not what you're somebody, used to, yeah. Yeah, if you see somebody get shot, you're not seeing blood spewing all over the place. <laughs> unless it's like a that, unless it's a Sam Peckinpah movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like uh, the Wild but, Bunch. <laughs> That's yeah. bloody but, as hell. Right. But the whole but the gist of it was that uh the 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 stories were what we were supposed to be paying attention to. Yeah. And I almost think that that kind of gets lost with all of the uh with all of the graphics that we're seeing now. I mean, you think yeah. about John Wick and all of the gun fighting that's in that movie and most people that watch it can't really tell you why it, <laughs> why it all happened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, why why were they all after him? Why why, you know, but they they just want to see the shooting and killing. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that um I think that they're missing out on the on some good stories that way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, two Sam Peckinpah movies, uh, The Wild Bunch and uh, Bonnie and Clyde, are the yeah. are the reason there's a Motion Picture Association of America rating on movies today. <laughs> no, they're that's literally people were so shocked by them that they that they uh, started that rate rating system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with, with Yellowstone, so, you know, I told you I ordered a truck, still no word yep. on that, but I think I'm going to have them put one of those cow catchers on the front, <laughs> like a brush guard. So it looks even tighter. That's still, that's still, to me, that's one of the best scenes in that movie is when Rip plows through all those motorcycles <laughs> yeah with the brush guard because it's not going to hurt his truck yeah <laughs> i i got i got a kick out of that i thought that was the funniest uh one of the funniest things well i liked it when he tossed the snake on the dude <laughs> <laughs> that was good hey is this your cooler <laughs> yeah you know you know what's funny have you noticed have you noticed how many t-shirts are and that kind of stuff are I mean, that's got to be like the hottest show on tv right it is it, it it's by far if you ask anybody at work everybody's watching Yellowstone. Like, it's the biggest thing ever. Um, at least since Sopranos. I, I Yeah. That's the last one like this. Or Game of Thrones, but I didn't really like Game of Thrones. Um, I liked uh, the parts where they'd be like, it is known, Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but then it got all weird after that, you know? Well, you know what? I, what, what I thought... So, you remember Deadwood? Yeah, I, I loved that one too. We just okay, got done so, watching it again. Right. So you know what's what's fascinating about that is the first season and a half were written by the guy that was the linguist. Yeah, like Shakespeare. So it was it was type language. Yeah, it was interesting to to watch uh, because he had studied how they spoke during that period of time, and it was interesting to see him put that into the because it's like the first movie that was ever like that. Yeah. Or first TV show that was ever like that, where the the guys actually were speaking the way they spoke during that period of time, which was everybody wanted to, everybody wanted the perception that they were educated. 
educated people. Yeah. And they and they weren't. No. So they. So it so sounds funny. Words, and it sounds funny. Yeah. Yeah. And um. But but apparently that guy was ADD and he got kind of bored with it. Yeah. And and that's why he moved on. And then if you notice that, like the second half of season two and season three, that language thing was kind of missing from it, for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah, and certainly by season three it was gone. It was completely gone by season three. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a that was and I heard that they there's a they movie made a movie too yeah I don't think I've seen the movie I we I watched when I found out there was a movie we rewatched the series and then watched the movie it's pretty good the movie's it, okay yeah it's it's worth watching but you might want to rewatch the series first to know who the characters are yeah because they're pretty well aged yeah um so getting back to Yellowstone so still no word on the truck. Um, but I now have in my house five AR lowers complete hmm. um, that are that have no parts. It's just the lower. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to build one like uh, Casey's uh, AR. <laughs> I, have, I have one like that. Yeah, it's got the little peg on the front, and then uh, it's got a couple other things um, that are kind of neat. The site... He's got a site that I don't think I want. I I want to put a um, ACOG on it, and his is right. like different. But his is elevated up, so you still have the iron sights underneath. Right. And I want right. that. And the little post up front, and the it's a it's a uh, he uses two, but the one I'm gonna make has the free floating handguard. You know, with all the like. Uh, Lock the Picatinny yeah. shit in there and all that. Right, you right, can right. put lasers on it and like oh, yeah. it may be a really loud siren. Make a, <laughs> you can make a you can make a six pound rifle weigh forty pounds. Yeah, I think <laughs> I want to make it. Uh, I think I want to make a shorty version of it though. Not not pistol short, but still legal, but just shorter. Um, because I have that Colt Match AR, which I don't know if you can see it. It's right behind me. Can you see it? Oh, you can't no. see it because my screen is blurred. But um, no, can't see it. Yeah, so I've got that Colt Match AR, and that's good for long distance. And I could put a little scope on the um, carry handle, mm -hmm. um, or a red dot or something. Yeah, scope would be better because that thing is accurate out to like 500 yards. Right. Right. Um, so I think I'll do that, and I'll make a little shorty one like Casey's. It looks tight. <laughs> well because and i have to i have to well, learn yeah. how to do all of that you know you're gonna have to get a you're gonna have to get a 1911 i have one i actually you have, have i have two of them i have a um i have a uh a uh, springfield armory mil spec 1911 oh. that i brought with me uh when i did the border patrol shit in arizona uh -huh. and then i uh i have a the a Kimber CDP two custom and that one is actually in Yellowstone. Oh. Yeah. I think um one did of the you, sheriff's deputies. No, I've had that since I lived in Traverse City. Huh, I don't remember that one. You shot it. Did I? Yeah. Maybe I did. Hold I don't on. Remember. Yeah, I'll, hold on a sec. I'll bring it up. It's All on right. my shelf. Thirty second break. I'm gonna get a pop. Alright.
So here it is. I don't know if you can. Oh yeah, you remember I this have, one? I have, I, have, I have one like that. Yeah, this is the Ultra CDP2 Custom by um, Kimber, um, and they. Uh, this one is in Yellowstone. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fancy one. <laughs> that's that must be a Colt match. This is a Springfield. Okay. But it's but it's completely customized. It's there's. No, <laughs> yeah, they. Yeah, that's. There's that's, uh, this the Springfield was just the base for, of operation, but everything else was uh, uh, added to it. Yeah, Colt used to make some target pistols that look like that straight yeah. out of the factory that were just yeah. baller. I bet uh, that compensator a, is real nice on there. This is a pinball gun. I mean, a pin, a pin gun. Yeah. For bowling pins. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Cool. It's a competition. There's. Yep. What was the name of that famous Colt that everybody shot for competitions? Oh well, it was a Series seventy. Yeah. The, uh, um. Match. Yeah, the Colt Match. Colt um, Match. Yeah, those are those were tight looking guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know they. I heard Colt got bought by CZ though, and they're starting to remake all the cool stuff that they discontinued. I, listen, Springfield just came out with a with a, uh, uh, a basically a Browning high power. Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah. Can't get them, but they're pretty awesome. Yeah, they're. I guess they're all sold out already. Yeah, they're gonna be. But they're really, really well made. Yeah. Um, did you know? Um, uh, a whole bunch of companies now are using uh, the uh, five seven round. Yeah. Like Ruger has a budget version of the FN five seven, and like. Well, I think I, I almost think that there's they're trying to trying to make guns out there that there am, might be ammo available somewhere. Well, you can't. Well, <laughs> well, okay. So, so I was at my gun stores guys, right? And I'm like, well. You know, I want to buy some 30-30 ammo and some 45-70. And he, like, looked through every distributor that he has. And he says, well, I can't get it. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, it, I know that people aren't out there buying, like, 10,000 rounds of 45-70. I'm probably the only person, one of the only people left in the country that's going to actually hunt with it. Like, I want right. hunting ammo. Right. And he's like, yeah, well, I can't get it. And the reason is because the the ammo factories are running 24 7 but they're making the stuff that everybody buys so they're making 308 and nine mil and buy that and five six yeah but you, you can't even buy that yeah um so so that's the issue so even like those weird calibers like good luck trying to find like that six five creedmoor or anything that's not nine mil or 223 or five six or or five five six or 308 mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. you can get 30 out six too but everything else like anything that's even remotely niche is you can't find it the world's coming to an end people <laughs> well anyway so yeah i you know when i build that ar i'm gonna have a compass in the stock and this thing which tells time too it's gonna be excellent <laughs> then you could just say it's a watch it's not a gun yeah it's a official red rider carbine action 200 shot model range rifle <laughs> range yeah. model air rifle with the compass in the top stock and this thing that tells time yeah 
But well, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. You see, you see what's going on out west. What now? With uh, with the uh, uh, people that are raiding all the the stores. Oh yeah, that's those are gangs though. It's that's coordinated gang activity. They um, I, and I, then they sell I, all that stuff on Amazon and eBay. Poshmark. What? Poshmark. I don't know what that is. That's another. St- it's like, it's like eBay for clothes. Yeah. Well, anyway, they they um, steal all that shit and then they sell it online. So if you see a deal online that's like way too good to be true, it's probably somebody that did a smash and grab. <laughs> um, but that's yeah, that's how the gangs are making money now. It's the latest thing. Because it's hard for them to sell weed anymore. Because people just go to a store and buy it legally, <laughs> and don't have to deal well, with some scuzzy and dude and, and who might shoot noticed, you. If you hadn't noticed, that's that's probably a lot of the reason why we have a uh, supply chain crisis. That's contributing factor. What's the that? Fact that? The fact that you can't buy, nobody can pass a drug test anymore. Well, yeah, that's part of it. I've heard that that's a real big deal. Like they don't yeah. even test now for weed. <laughs> yeah. Because like unless you get unless you get caught. Yeah, if you have an accident or something, they'll they'll test you. But uh, yep, yeah, they're gonna relax all. Uh, we're gonna be drinking and driving. Nah, <laughs> before too very very much longer, we'll be able to drink and drive, and we'll be able to make our own booze again. Well, you can make your own you booze. Know. I've made hundreds of gallons of beer and wine and mead. Beer, beer and wine. You can't make. Spirits. You can distill it as long as you don't sell it. No. no, yes. No. Absolutely. As long as you don't sell it, you can make whatever the hell you want. Federal federal law. It's fe- it violates federal law. What? Laws. Really? I, it was kind of inter- Yeah, oh yeah. It's kind of interesting because there's a lot of states that it's legal, but it's illegal because of the feds. So I'm looking at it like like pot. Like you can grow pot here yeah. in the state. It's still illegal. It violates federal yeah. laws. But the state says yeah. it's okay. Well, yeah, because I I knew all and kinds so, of people that um, uh, that made their own alcohol, distilled yeah. their own stuff. Well, and it, like I said, it depends on it depends on where you yeah. are, and I think it depends on whether the because the only one that will get you in tr- well, well, I won't say the only ones, but uh, the 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 ones that um, like if you watch that moonshine yeah show, i guess you know revenue agents are, or whatever it's illegal but their but their states are illegal well, too in, in those states it's illegal too but if you look at the at the uh the, our state law mm-hmm. in michigan it was written in like 1933 it says it's completely legal yeah because i think um yeah because I, I i've never known anybody to have an issue with it i mean i think if you got where you'd have a problem is if you were going to try to sell it but if you're making it for your own right. personal use, you know. But I even think, and I even think that, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think you can make, you, I mean, it's not like you can sell it and make money. No, unless, well, in Kentucky, people actually do. Um, you'll see, right. you'll but see I, but, the. But the reason is because of taxes and stuff are really. Yeah, crazy. so you'll see like somebody, uh, a grocery store that has a sale on like peaches and somebody comes in and buys like three grocery carts full. Well, you know what they're right, doing. right. You know, they're making right. that's they're using that as their sugar source. Um, right, right. But yeah, it's, it's it's weird how those laws work. I don't understand it. 
Um, so over before Christmas, uh, we got to go to Detroit again, and we went yeah. and saw Mannheim Steamroller in the Fox Theater. You know, I wish we would have gone to that. Oh, um, really? If I, had we known about it, yeah, we 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 love them, and uh, I didn't even know that. They yeah, were Gretchen play there. found it like two days before, and there was like they were they were at a quarter capacity. Like I've paid, I've yeah. played to bigger crowds than they than they had, way bigger crowds. Yeah, they yeah. Um, but it was good. I had to, we we had to take Nels with us, and she stayed in the hotel, and right at the time, right before intermission, uh, uh, she discovered the mirror and was barking at it. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the hotel called uh, Gretchen, and I had to take an Uber back and collector from the front desk um they weren't amused That's yeah uh, but i like detroit detroit's really nice i never thought i'd say that but i really enjoy visiting it it has its it has yeah. its place it has its place i don't think i'd want to no. live there uh, but visiting is great it's easier the food is the yep. food is good there yep. you know it's it's uh <clears throat> Easier to so, get easier to get good. in and out of than Chicago by far, and it has all all of oh, the yeah. amenities yeah. of Chicago. So yep. I prefer Detroit to Chicago, and I never thought I would say that. <laughs> well, Chicago is the murder capital of America. Yeah, right? they've. And, I mean, they kill they kill more people in Chicago than there are in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. It's a little crazy there right now i'm not sure exactly what's going on but um let's see i have a snowman update to put in here that i haven't gotten a chance to listen to but uh we'll listen to it together for the first time on the podcast you got the one snowman i'm eastbound and down eastbound and down loaded up and trucking are we gonna do what they say can't be done We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch your bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, some never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out, cause we gotta run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta. Greetings, Jim and Kyle. Good to hear you guys back on the uh, Night Journal podcast. This is the snowman bringing you an update from the highway. Uh, I guess we should uh, cover some of the last things that you guys have talked about first, and then I'm going to go back and respond to a couple things from episode 120 and throw out a couple questions that I would like to hear you guys talk about in a future episode. So uh, last time we talked, I was working for a national, global, actually, food company, and I know you were wanting information about the supply chain, and I don't think I would be the expert. I've never worked the ports. Uh, that is a, a sucky part of trucking that uh, I've always avoided. Um, we do have near me. Chicago has some uh, port-type areas 
but all of that stuff, the intermodal, all the railway stuff, uh, I've stayed away from all of that. But what I can tell you is specifically last year during COVID, I never missed a day of work. Uh, being, being that I was driving for a food company, uh, everybody was staying at home and, and we never, never missed a day at work. Um, it was actually after things started tapering off for a bit at the end of the summer, they came to us and told us that they were shutting down the trucking company at the end of the year. So last year, actually it would have been, I think November 13th, but last year they shut down the trucking company and one of the main reasons was there's a lack of drivers and there's not new people coming in and all of the old timers are retiring. And so I know that's hurting the industry a lot, along with the, all of the federal guidelines on like hours of service and the, the fuel prices, the, all of this diesel exhaust stuff that, that started about 10 years ago. And I think that's probably why California requires the, you guys have talked about this. The trucks need to be a 2011 or newer. I think that's because of the diesel exhaust situation. But one, one interesting tidbit was, uh, so I guess, let me backtrack. When I was laid off or not laid off when uh, I was let go, I um, started working for myself, doing some construction things. I was teaching concealed carry classes here in Wisconsin and really enjoyed that. And I wasn't looking for a trucking job. In fact, I turned down some jobs that would have been really good money, but I just didn't want to go over the road and, and be gone extensive amounts of time for my family. So I have not been in a truck. I had not been in a truck for about six months. Then I, I got a new job here in Wisconsin. I'm home every night. Uh, it's not even a semi anymore, so I kind of took a downgrade. Uh, so I don't even know if I can still be the snowman. But I've still got a manual transmission, if that helps. So one of our trucks went in at the, the end of July to have some work done on this emission system with the truck. It's a, it is a 2018 truck. And it, so you think three years old, that would make California happy. And they're trying to order parts to fix this emissions, this exhaust system on the truck. And that was the end of July. That truck is still down. It's still parked in the lot at the shop because of this supply chain issue. The parts for that exhaust are not in the United States. Nationwide, these parts do not exist and they can't, they, no one can get them. And our shop is a, is a chain of nationwide shops and they cannot get a hold of this part. So anyway, uh, so that's it. Just like the dealerships and 
have have been plagued with these chips where, you know, they literally at these factories, they've got one magic chip and they're putting it in a vehicle, drive it off the lot, pull the chip out and go back and move the next vehicle. And they've got all these dead vehicles that are just waiting on chips. So that's that's a different side of it. I can't offer any explanation. I probably have given you too much information. And uh, Kyle, feel free to chop all of this out if you want to. Uh, so what have I been doing? Um, I've been enjoying more time with my family. My new job, I work four days a week. I bust my butt for four days. And I get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. And I uh, try to use that time to get stuff done around the house or do stuff with my wife and or my children. Um, in October, I think I was doing some sort of adventurous activity nearly every weekend. I went off the grid. A couple weekends, I was out in Utah for a, a, a boys weekend. That was a lot of fun. And uh, went camping a little non-electric, non-plumbed, wood stove fueled cabin that a friend of mine owns in Wisconsin. I went there with my family for a weekend. So I'm enjoying life right now. Uh, it, it has also been enhanced by the fact that you guys are back on the airwaves and enjoying hearing your podcast. The uh, A couple of things that you guys talked about in episode 120, I made some notes I wanted to bring up. All of the modern boat technology stuff cracks me up. Um, there was a time where people were running around scantily clad in the woods with sticks and sinew, uh, taking white-tailed deer and antelope and bear and buffalo without any double cam, triple cam, 70% let off, uh, switchblade, exploding arrow tips, or any of that stuff. So, you know, a good piece of chone just chipped into the shape of a, a broadhead, an arrowhead, is all they needed. So I think the technology is sort of like camouflage. It's just like you don't need the new camouflage pattern every year to go take animals out of the woods, uh, just uh, a good old flannel and a pair of blue jeans or some Carhartt bib overalls is, is actually quite adequate. The deer really won't care what you're wearing when you kill them. So I don't think they care if you have a $1,500 bow. Another thing I think uh, you guys were talking about that I wanted to little little bit of a commentary on was uh, when uh, you're out and off the beaten path I don't remember now what the food was but there was a, a meal that I believe Kyle said he enjoyed at a camp and the theory was that part of the enjoyment comes from being tired from a long day of hiking or adventure or hunting or whatever um, and one of I would say the best steak I ever had 
was uh, 10 years ago this year, actually, in September of 2011, me and some friends, Kyle, you would know one of them. He lived right around the corner from you uh, this past year. But we went up to the Porcupine Mountains, and we hiked for about four days. And uh, the Porcupines, for those that wouldn't know, is the northern part of Wisconsin slash the UP, right off of Lake Superior. And uh, so everyone was challenged to bring something in the backpack that was supposed to be a surprise that we would pull out around the fire. And so I pulled out three steaks, and there were about eight of us. So it wasn't about the, the quantity of how much we all got to eat, but we were camped right on Lake Superior. We went to sleep to the sounds of uh, the waves crashing on the rocks, and we found this this flat stone, probably almost griddle size, and smooth, super smooth black stone, and we laid that down uh, right next to the fire and heated that thing up slowly, and someone had some oil or butter or something, I think, and maybe someone else had some salt. We seasoned it the best we had with what we had, but I pulled, I packed three steaks as a surprise. I packed them in dry ice, and uh, it, was, it was funny when I pulled them out. Everyone said, oh, now we understand why Paul's pack was so heavy. So that was that has to be the best steak I've ever had. Cooked right on that rock that came out of Lake Michigan, right on the fire after a long day of hiking in the rain. Uh, that was that was a great experience. And so I would agree with your theory that adventure food, while maybe more simplistic than something we would do at our house has an experience wrapped around it that, that just makes it taste a little better. So the real thing, I realize this has gotten lengthy, so my apologies. Maybe this is going to be a snowman uh, special episode. I'm kidding. So you guys were uh, talking about pry bars and things like that, near the end of episode 120, things that you keep in your car, I think that Stanley pry bar that they've got uh, is, a, is a sexy, sexy looking tool, just looks evil, so my question is, for someone like myself, and it doesn't have to apply just to me, anyone that listens to your podcast probably has a mindset of being more prepared than the average citizen. And I put a lot of miles on a vehicle every week. I would say I average three to 500 per day when I'm working. And there's a higher probability because of that that I'm going to come across a scene, maybe be the first one on the scene. I have been the first one on the scene of accidents before. Everything I've seen a, a truck roll over right in front of me. So my question is, outside of tool craft that we could carry to pry open the door, in, the, in the, your discussion, Kyle mentioned that 
if he came up to a scene, the first thing he would do is look for bleeding. He wouldn't try to pry a door open, he wouldn't try to drag a body out of a car, but if he saw someone bleeding, he knew how to stop that. So my question is, what, it, what are some things that I could carry? And I, and I may know the answer, I may not, but I feel like it's a good discussion that your listeners would appreciate and could make a part of their kit as well. What are some things that we could carry with us, whether it's just a traveling bag that goes from, from vehicle to vehicle or just put in, in the back of each vehicle that we own that might help us with some basic first aid situations that we might encounter on the, on the side of the road. And the second part of that is having the tools or the equipment and not knowing how to use them is pointless. So what are some ways without going to medical school that we could learn some of this first aid? I, again, I realize there's this thing called Google and I know that there are a lot of classes. I guess I'm asking for Kyle to sort of be the funnel for all the media and all the classes and courses out there and maybe steer us towards a couple of people that he would recommend, whether it's YouTube media uh, or some course that we could go to or attend to help us be better equipped. And so I had that question. And then also, I recently just got uh, a new plate carrier set with, uh, with, with plates and, you know, the body armor stuff. And I've got a tourniquet on there. Uh, it's the, the cat tourniquet. And then I've got the IFAC kit. And I was never in the military, law enforcement, EMT. I was never a first responder of any sort. And, uh, hey, as I'm recording this, it's Veterans Day. So happy Veterans Day to all of you fellas and fellas and females that did serve. So anyway, where are some great resources for me and I'm sure others like me to, to learn more information about those items as well? So those are my two main questions about to begin off on my exit here. The other thing I just wanted to say, uh, Kyle, I am both happy and sad that you moved. Uh, I'm very happy that you got out of Illinois, um, but I'm, I'm a little sad that we were so close, I want to say 55 minutes to be exact, and we never had a chance to meet up. And I know we were in the middle of a pandemic and your job made that a little tough. But in the future, we've got to get together one of these days. But the happy part I have about you moving back to Michigan is I'm thinking the old belt sander and grinders and everything else is going to get set back up in a shop. And Michigan Versteg knives are going to be starting to get produced again. So I just want to go on record I've texted you this multiple times, and I want the world to know, the world that is listening to this podcast, I want them all to know, number 76, 
Knife number 76 from Versteg Blades is mine. My birthday is July 6th of 76. So that's 76 of 76. So Michigan knife number 76 is the snowman's. I said it here and I claim it. So I got first dibs. I've actually had to pull over because I think I missed my exit. I'm covering another man's route today. Uh, so I think that's everything on my list. Hope you guys are having a good Thanksgiving. It sounds like uh, you're getting together, going to cook about 14 turkeys and uh, making gravy and all of that stuff. So you guys have a great day. This is the snowman signing off. I'm telling you to remember to grind knives, not gears. This is the snowman signing off. You got the one snowman. I'm eastbound and down. Eastbound and down. Loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound, just watch your bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, son, never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out, cause we gotta run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta, and there's beer in Texarkana, and we'll bring it back. No all right, it when it's released. Um, anyway, he's doing good, lives in Wisconsin. Uh, he, I lived about an hour away from him, and we never got together because of COVID and all that. And there was always something that came up for oh, the dreaded COVID. each of us. Yeah, Rona. <laughs> the, the, I guess the latest, the apple corn variant is kind of fun. Oh, did you, did you, uh, okay, so this is funny. In episode 124, right before this uh, Xi Jinping variant came out, yeah. Uh, I predicted that there was going to be a new variant, and I called it the Tom Jones variant. <laughs> you remember? Yeah. Like, I literally predicted that that was going to happen, and literally two days later it did. That's funny. Yeah. So that was the, good stuff. The Tom Jones version. Yeah, they say it's not unusual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, what's fascinating, what, what I'm finding, fa- I mean, I, I listen, I just lost uh, two friends. One of them, yeah. one of them was younger than me by seven years. Yeah, ten years. And one was older than me by a year and a half. Yeah, and both of them literally were the same story, which was you tested too late to get monoclonal antibodies. So now you're in the hospital, and we're going to give you remdesivir until all your shit shuts down, mm. and we're going to we'll basically kill both of you. <laughs> and yeah, it literally was the same story. I mean, I I can't. Uh, I, I'm getting kind of tired of this. Yeah, you and me both. You know, one of them was vaccinated, but the other one wasn't. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, all, Biden's getting shot down. His mandates are getting shot down left and right. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, they'd have been far better ahead had they just said vaccines available and move on. Yeah. You know, but no, they got to say, you're going to put this shit in your arm 
that we don't know what is even in it. I guess there's a big lawsuit going on right now to figure out what's actually in the vaccine. The vaccine. They won't release what's in it. Mm-hmm. And so some lawyer is trying to sue the FDA and and the different uh, uh, producers saying, what's mm-hmm. in it? You know, we paid for it. What's in it? And, mm-hmm. and they're saying, no, we're not telling you what's in it. So that's going to go to court. It's like, well, well, you know, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I got to tell you, it's easy to draw a conspiracy up when they act like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've said from the beginning, if they just said said it the way that I tell people, because people ask me all the time, like, should I take the vaccine? And I say, well, you know, if if uh, you're if you talk to your doctor and your doctor thinks you're healthy for it and you don't have any contraindications and you want to take it, then take it. If you don't want to take it, then don't. I, I don't care. Do what you're going to do. Like if they just made it that way and not been like, you're the reason like blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and tried to, Listen, you know, beat people I, I over the head a, with shit. I have shit. a problem. I have a big problem when they lie. Yeah. So guess what? Now nobody trusts anything anybody says because they yeah. started out everybody lying about it. Yeah. You know, when you stand up on the TV set and you're a, you're a doctor, you know, somebody that we're supposed to all be listening to, and you, and you say, don't take hydroxychloroquine or you're going to die. You're just going to die. Yeah. If you take hydroxychloroquine, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, just die. That's all. Don't be stupid. Don't take it because you're going to die. Well, guess what? I've been on it five, six, seven years prior to them even saying that we're all going to die. And I didn't die. Yeah. And, I've been, and, and literally the dose that they're talking about was what I've been on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I guess it's seven. It's We're two years into Rona, so it's I'm on it seven or eight years now. Hmm. So, so when they do stuff like that, and you go, wait a minute, I'm on the drug. What are you telling people that they're going to die for if they take this drug? I'm on it. I haven't died. Yeah, well, and this this is this has been my point. If they'd just been a little bit more gentle and, about and, shit. And you know you what? Know? And you know what else? I ha- I haven't had it. Mm. Why? Why haven't my wife got it? My vaccinated wife got it. Yeah, and I've and, I'm but I think she got. The, I'm sure I've probably gotten it at some point. I think she had. I mean, the, I I don't know for sure, but I think she had the Omnicorn variety. Oh, or okay. The, or the candy corn? I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, what's but... the, whatever the latest thing is, you know. But apparently, apparently, all the vaccinated people can get it too. Ooh, my, yeah. My hang on a second. I gotta plug my my computer's unplugged. How the heck is that happening? I'm plugging it back in right now. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and that's been the problem all along. And What got unplugged? My computer. I plugged it back in. Okay, not your mic. No. All right. No. No, and I, uh, and the part, and that's the part that I don't understand. Why, why they're doing that? What's the point? It's, you know, they're lazy. That's why. I think that's what it is. I think I believe that they're they're just lazy. They don't wanna they don't wanna have to answer any questions. You know? 
I mean, if you got, hmm. I mean, this is all, I mean, people, you forget, this is not, th these drugs did not go through the FDA approval. That's all emergency use approval. Hmm. And the and the question that I have is, did they shut down all of the, the the therapeutics until the until the vaccines were out? Because you can't have the vaccines if there was therapeutics that work. Hmm. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I I I haven't been following it that closely. So. Well, I mean, I'm curious about it i don't i mean i don't understand why they would say well drink water and uh and when you get bad enough that you can't breathe then come to the er yeah and then we'll and then we'll put you on a ventilator and you'll die so when you have blood <laughs> clots in your lungs that's you come to the hospital otherwise mm -hmm. stay at home yeah well, and, and, and anyway, I, I don't know much else. I'm going to have to uh, remember to put my uh, 45 back in the kitchen in case any lobsters try to escape the pot. Oh, you have lobsters today? No, I've never actually cooked a lobster. I've only even eaten one bite of it once. Really? Why? Yeah. I, it just was not a thing when I was growing up. Huh. We never had it. Oh, cooking them is fun. Are you going to try to cook one? No, no, I, I don't know enough about it to do it justice. Uh, it, it's real easy, believe me. You just, you just go get them out of the lobster pot like Kramer did. Yeah. And you drop them in boiling water. And boiling salt water works too. Yeah. And then you eat them. And they're tasty. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're really good. Yeah, they're That's they're nice. very good. Uh. Lobster is, lobster is very good, uh, and I'm I'm totally amazed that you've never had one. Nope, never eaten one. Hmm. I like crab legs. They're crab legs times seven. Yeah, that's what I hear. I like to take uh, crab legs and chuck them in a pot of water with uh, that old bay seasoning uh -huh. and corn and potatoes and different things. Yeah. And you boil that up, and you go to a park. And you put some newspaper on the picnic table and you dump it all out. Yep. And then you eat it up and then you pick up the paper and you get out of there real quick because about 10 minutes later, about 50,000 cats are going to be there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they might try to attack you. Lobster is, um, and I'm sure you could go down to your local, your local store probably has them. Uh, yeah. You just um, get it out of the pot. They put little rubber bands on their claws. Yeah. And uh, take it home. Yeah. And put in a big pot of water. Yeah. Salt. And just drop it in when it's boiling. Well, don't they complain? Oh, yeah. They scream. Well, I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. It's pretty amazing when you hear it the first time. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Drop your ass in boiling water. See if you'd scream. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Thanks. But they are good to eat. And, yeah, that's what I hear. And, you know, in a survival situation, you would. Yeah, you, but you I'm would I'm not dying that. right now to eat lobster. Right. So. <laughs> Have you been stocking up on spam? Spam? No. Why would I? Well, because we're 
we're heading towards the end of the world, dude. I'm sure we are. It's all going to be coming crashing down here shortly. Gasoline is gasoline is uh four three three forty nine right now. Jeez. Yeah. That's how it is. Thinking about buying a sawmill. Yeah, you know, one of the portable ones. Yeah. Yep. yeah. One of the bandsaw ones. Yeah, those would be cool. I I thought about that like fifteen years ago. I was gonna buy one because I had all these. Uh, trees that needed to come down and it was like walnut trees mm -hmm. so I was thinking about doing that but I didn't get around to it yeah um, yeah I'm, I'm debating you know price of lumber right now is back through the roof again yeah well new sawmills are opening up that's why uh, you know it's almost making economic sense to do it yeah. at this point yep so I'm kicking around that idea. You can get a, I mean, I wouldn't get a big one. I'd get a small, you know, tiny one. It's something I can do. Portable, with, yeah. 20-inch yeah. logs or something like that. I mean, I have one that I can use my chainsaw on. Yeah. And uh, but it, but it wastes too much. You know, if I had. Yeah, and it, with the chainsaw thing, I just worry that it's not going to be precise enough, and you're going to constantly have to be stopping to sharpen the blades yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, you have to put it's, you have to put ripper blades on it, and and. Um, because you're ripping the wood instead of cutting it lengthways, it's a completely different chain. Um, yeah, they, I they don't do, think I would do, do that. They do pretty good, but they're not. The bandsaws they don't waste anything. I mean, the, the, yeah. the cut is very thin. Yeah, and then with a chainsaw, you're you've got a centimeter chunk out of the right, that exactly. you're losing. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm kicking um, kicking around that idea. Um, I've got some projects that I want to do, and I've got uh, I've got a friend of mine that makes those. Uh, uh, they call them river tables. Have you seen those? Uh, without like a whole log type thing. Yeah, they take a log. Yeah, those are cool. They take a, they take a slab, and they cut it uh, in half. Yeah. You know, rip it in half lengthways, and then yeah, and then yeah. Put those edges on the outside edge. Yeah, the Amish are doing that. And the river goes down the center. It's pretty cool. They use that. Yeah, the, box the, and stuff. Yeah, the Amish are doing that. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. So that and uh, what else? What else? What else? We don't have enough snow up here to even use my snowmobile. I put my snowblower yeah. on uh, just before Christmas, and um, I've probably blown about three or four inches of snow total, just to see yeah. if it works. Because <laughs> we haven't had much. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about putting my loader back on and moving on. Yeah, that makes sense. It's we have um, four inches. We got four inches yesterday down here. Yeah. With the, yeah, we're not getting it up here. We're just not. It's just not happening. Yeah, it's a little early, I think, because usually up there and by Traverse City, you don't really get into good snow until like January, February. Yeah, and it typically. depends on the year a little bit too, because I can remember on opening day of deer season one year where we had uh the night before we had two foot of snow so oh the wow 14th of november we had two foot of yeah snow. it just depends on the year yeah. you know yeah yeah but this year we have zilly nothing actually we just hmm. it's it's cold today and it was a little bit chillier yesterday but we just started icing over on the inland lakes uh, hmm. 
uh, you know, a couple days ago. So, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Huh. But yeah. besides that, anything else going on? Not really. I'm about to call it. Yeah? Yeah, I got some shit to do this afternoon. What time's your wife coming home? Oh, uh, late afternoon. They're not on the way home yet? They should be on the way home. They We're going to leave about 11.30. Ah. So. Well, sounds like yep. fun. Well, I guess if that's all we got, uh, I guess it's lunchtime. Yes. So, uh, I have to bid you adieu. Until next time, don't forget to keep your knife sharp and your friends sharper. Bye. Bye.